Hi, it's Reverend Kurt Condra at Unity on the North Shore in Evanston, Illinois. Unity offers positive, practical, and progressive teachings that support spiritual evolution and abundant living. You can join us for our weekly Sunday service at 1030 in these days of sequestering. It's by Zoom. Uh, so please visit our website at www.unityns.org and register for the Zoom link. If you missed the service, you can also see the video version of our Sunday lessons on our YouTube channel, Unity North Shore. Again, visit us at our website, www.unityns.org, to see the many ways in which we're creating connection in this time of physical distancing. God bless. Well, good morning, beautiful people, especially if you've just joined us. I'm Reverend Cristina Garza, and I'll be doing uh, this sermon here today. And so today I get the pleasure of opening up our uh, series for the month of November, which is about grace. It's about living by grace, stop struggling, and start allowing. And the word grace implies triumph, ultimately. It's a state of of uh, spiritual receptivity where pain and struggle are transformed and we discover instead the confidence and the courage to name and claim the blessings in our everyday lives and experiences no matter what. And I wanna mention that there is a booklet on grieving that Unity Worldwide, rather Unity um, puts out and it is a really such a great booklet. So I really encourage everyone to go um, to unity.org. And if you look under their publications, it's called Grace as a Spiritual Practice. So it's a wonderful just companion to this talk and just to the entire series this month, I think. So go get it. Maybe somebody can toss it in the chat. If they find it, that would be great too. So let me ask something. We're talking about grieving today. It's the grace of grieving that I'll be sharing with everyone this morning. And I want to ask, just honestly, how many of you are feeling numb, disconnected? Maybe you can't sleep. Maybe your eating patterns are completely off where they're swinging between extremes, whether you're under eating or overeating. Are you feeling distracted, maybe even forgetful? Do you have some kind of new physical pains or um, augmented pains, maybe in your chest even, trouble breathing? Do you feel agitated or annoyed and angry, maybe even to the point of raging sometimes? Do you even feel that perhaps life is meaningless or empty right now? Are you feeling lonely? If you felt any or all of these things, you are completely normal and we are all in a process of grieving. And these are signs of being in grief, um, really wanting to understand how we can move through this is what we're going to do today. There's so much happening in life right now. You know, today is, as been mentioned already, is the start of Day of the Dead. The November 1st is usually um, in the Catholic Church and Christianity known as All uh, Souls, All Saints Day. And so it's also known as the Dia de los Inocentes, the Day of the Innocents, that the children are celebrated today, whereas November 2nd is just like All Souls Day, everyone who's departed is celebrated. So that event is tomorrow, as we mentioned. 
But you know, there is very real. It's a very real and poignant time to be in that celebration and in that space because of so much death that is occurring right now. You know, I think at last count, I saw that we have 228,000 deaths in this country due to COVID. And that's not even counting all the other kinds of deaths that occur on a normal basis due to all kinds of cancers and other kinds of issues that um, just naturally our population is susceptible to and sometimes more but some populations more than others. So we have that, we have all this death that has come to the forefront around the Black Lives Matter movement and so many um, black and brown bodies um, who have historically um, been through tragedy, right, and death. We have that, or even talking about any number of things that we, we learn about or hear about daily. You know, this week alone, I was ministering to a number of people around transitions and deaths and you know somebody who two people who lost their parents their mother uh, a, a gentleman who lost his son due to a motorcycle accident he was only 19. you know this is very real this is all touching our lives whether we realize it or not it's something that is in the air it's in our collective consciousness i almost feel like y'all remember um, Linus, not Linus, uh, Pigpen from Charlie Brown. I feel like we got this stank over us. Like it's just kind of traveling with us, right? Like all of this heaviness. So the idea then today is how do we lift that stank? You know, how do we lift out of that? How do we get to a place where we can allow for the grief, but also transform it? You know, grief is more than just death. We are all in some form of grieving right now, whether it's the loss of a job or the loss of connection with friends and family, or maybe you've had to retire, or maybe you're struggling with some kind of issue of, I don't know, divorce or infertility or a health challenge. All of these things create for us this sense of, of a loss, maybe a loss of freedom. Grieving is ultimately anything about anything where we're doing a transition, where we're having some kind of major change in life. And sure enough, we are certainly, as a people, going through major changes right now. Loss of freedom and loss of community ultimately, right? So it behooves us right now to really address the idea of grief. Because whether we realize it or not, grief is cumulative. You know, it doesn't just go away when we experience it in our lives. You know, it doesn't, you may, it may kind of go tucked away somewhere in the corners of our body and show up as some kind of pain or hurt or, you know, emotional thing, but it doesn't go away. It lives within us and it is always looking for expression. Do not doubt that that grief is always looking for an expression. And sometimes it comes out in the most unexpected of times and in the most strangest of ways. But that grief will not be denied, people. It will not. So we can attempt to deny it, but it's going to be expressed in many ways. And I feel like right now we're in this 
global time of reckoning, COVID and all the other things that are happening right now really gives us an opportunity to be in this global time of recognizing that there is grief, that there has been historical grief, that there has been transhistorical grief, that there is all this ancestral grief, that there is all this grief from our lives that is coming now at the forefront, finding expression and ready, ready for healing and transformation. So it's a wonderful time. It's not just this time. Grief is not something that we have to be afraid of or that we have to cloud in this negative, negative kind of um, feeling because it can also be something that pulls us to our spiritual heights, that pulls us to a closer relationship with spirit, that pulls us to a deeper understanding of our God, of our God selves and of each other. So we just have to kind of go through that process. You know, I want to share today a little bit about kind of my own personal grief. And, you know, you heard earlier this morning that uh, I, uh, Unity North Shore, um, including myself then, has pulled out of the original arrangement that we were working towards to um, do a collective with Unity Oak Park. And whereas, you know, that's been hard, um, it's also been something that is a blessing at the same time. And we have to understand that we have plans in life. And I certainly had my plans, you know, bought things for my office. I was already all geared up and excited. And, you know, it just turned out that we realized at the last, at the final hours that we were just not in spiritual alignment. And that was a hard acceptance and that was a big grieving process. And I think at our last meeting, you know, I was literally in tears, I couldn't stop. And sometimes you think, you know, there's certain spaces where you shouldn't cry. And I think I realized at that moment that I wasn't gonna be apologetic about my tears and we shouldn't. Don't we do that all the time when you're crying, you're feeling an emotion and you say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm feeling, I'm sorry I'm crying. I'm sorry I'm feeling that way. I'm sorry and I'm, I'm emotional. Especially if we're in forums that we think emotion is not appropriate. Now I'm not saying, you know, get all crazy, but at the same time, there is an okayness about doing that. And that's part of our learnings is that we have to kind of come clean about where we're at, you know, and sometimes letting loose is not pretty, right? I mean, I was like crying. I was like snot slinging, ugly crying. You all know what I'm talking about. Like that ugly cry where you're just like so broken up, like you gotta get peeled off the floor. But at the same time, again, we are not ultimately in charge. There is a higher purpose for our lives. There is a higher calling that goes within us that we have to trust in, in these times. You know. In my personal life as well, you know, my mom has been going through a lot of issues. And I know I've shared that before with you all. You know, she's been really sick um, since about May. And we have come to the realization that, you know, thankfully her physical symptoms are manageable. All the physical things she now has health care and, you know, treatment and things like that for. So nothing major. Um, we're grateful. But the one thing that we have come to realize is that she has been experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder. And that's something that is not all often talked about, um, especially not in an elder population. 
My mother was working full time. She was going to work. She was ahead of a department, traveled on the train every day. I mean, she was a spry, agile, active 76 year old. And then COVID hit and all of her life changed. She was at home. She was isolated for the most part. She didn't have kind of the structures that she normally had. And frankly, she didn't have the distractions that she normally had in order to be able to cope with so many things that have happened to her in her life. And so slowly with all of those coping mechanisms gone, many of the issues and her griefs came directly to the forefront. And she asked me today to share her story because she hoped that it would provide some kind of context and also um, hope for other people. So, you know, she came to realize that there were so many griefs that she had brushed under the rug and that were somehow there latent in her mind and in her body. She was a single mom. She was an amazing mom. She's an amazing human being. And she never had a time, the opportunity, the space to be able to sort of reconcile with so many things that happened. So she found herself unable to eat. She found herself unable to sleep. She was having night terrors. She was remembering things that she had forgotten, the abuse that she had suffered in a relationship, the abuse, the sexual abuse that she had experienced as a child that she had forgotten. So many things that were coming to the forefront, the loss of her first child that died at childbirth. So all of these things were just surfacing and surfacing and surfacing. But I'm here to tell you that I am so amazed at how spirit can work because she made the commitment to really just give it over to God and to just become this prayer like champion, praying all the time and starting to explore different ways to pray uh, like with prayer, uh, with meditation and visualization, things she had never really played with before as a way to connect with spirit. She started doing yoga, those kinds of things. She started talk therapy. At 76 year old to be in therapy for the first time, that's a pretty big deal. And she decided finally that part of her care regimen was about letting go of the stigma of medication and taking medication for her depression and anxiety. So there is hope no matter how old you are, no matter where you are in life, there's always that opportunity to be able to take that grief and transform it. So whereas my mom's heart was completely broken, it was completely in pain, it was also a way that your heart then is cracked open and it becomes this portal, this place for not only love to reside and to burst forth, but it's then a place for then it to go into the iterations of life and bless other people. So my mom now, she's so cute. She's become this person who's like the poster woman for love. Everywhere we go, she was never a person to show a lot of a verbal affection, even physical affection. And now she's become this person who's just so bursting with love. She will tell anybody on the street that will listen to her that she loves them. And it's a beautiful thing to watch the way in which grief can transform our hearts and our minds and bring us closer to God and closer to each other. That was Jesus's journey, was it not? I mean, Jesus is our master teacher. If we look at the Bible, at the New Testament, there's so many times where Jesus was in grief. 
um, times when John the Baptist, his cousin, was killed, that he, we see that he was grieving. When Lazarus, one of his very good friends, had been killed, he grieved and he grieved for the sisters, Lazarus's sisters that were so in pain. And we even see that Jesus cried in that scripture. There's so many things that we can see in scripture that it's it's something that is normal, that is natural, and that is necessary for our spiritual growth and process. I want to focus just on one of those today here for our lesson, and that is in Luke. That's in chapter 13, and we kind of know it as Jesus healed the quote-unquote crippled woman, but here's what it says. Now, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and then just then there, a woman appeared. She appeared with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. And she was bent over and was quite unstable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and he said, woman, you are set free from your ailment. Woman, you are set free from your ailment. And when he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. She stood up straight and began praising God. You know, what does that, what does that mean? What do we take from that scripture? You know, what do we take from that idea Jesus healed on the Sabbath. We kind of look a little bit more at that scripture, which I'm not going to necessarily get into, but he did heal on the Sabbath. And that was like a big no-no because you're not supposed to do anything, uh, any kind of works on the Sabbath. And so some of that was about really when he, when he justified his reasoning for doing that, what we see that comes through in that passage is that grief is sacred. It is a sacred time, it is a sacred act, and then it's an opportunity to be able to, to connect with the spirit. And more than that, it's a collective opportunity. He did it in the synagogue in front of everyone so that it's something to be venerated, to be revered, where it humbles our hearts to be able to see these transformations and people who can triumph, who can transform. And so it's a communal opportunity for each of us to be in that grief and to support each other and to be there for each other through these grieving times. You know, Fillmore, Charles Fillmore, our co-founder, um, talked about this particular passage. I happened to kind of come across it. And I think it's so powerful that for this time, when he was talking about it and he wrote this particular sermon, it was during the war. He actually gave that lesson in January 1942, one month after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. So the country was in war, the world was in war, it was in uproar, it was in pain, it was in agony, all of this. Sometimes we forget, our collective consciousness is forgetful that this is not a new thing in humanity. We have gone through so much in humanity. This is just another opportunity for us to really be able to rise and to be with each other and to love more. So they were going through this at this time too. He says, in many of us, there's a subconscious accumulation of memories and incidences which caused hurt leading to what we call scars and festering open wounds of rage and unforgiveness. There's a frustration that blocks the flow of life. 
one may actually have a storehouse of hurt that becomes the growing enemy. So he's addressing this collective pain that is now moving forward within us and around us. It's just not about what we're experiencing right here and now, but everything that that grief is calling forth to be healed. It is a powerful, powerful time, people. Do not be mistaken. This is a powerful time for our individual, our collective, our planetary healing. Let's not forget that and waste that. So we are going to embrace that here today. And remember, Fillmore says that when in the Old Testament, rather in the King James Version, instead of, you know, be free of your affliction, it's translated as woman, thou art loosed from your infirmities, from thine infirmities. So Charles Fillmore used that and he says, when that is said, when that is spoken from Jesus, it means look for the demonstration. We must look for the demonstration. We mustn't overlook it and we must not sidestep it. And how do we do this, he says? Well, prayer, of course. I mean, we're unity people. We are founded on the power of prayer. And so pray, he says, it's going to all happen, meaning the grief, the transformation of it, the transformation of our world is going to happen all through prayer, through the spiritual prayers of the elect. We are the elect, he says. We are the spiritual elect. And that doesn't mean we're better than anyone. Don't get me wrong. It just means we've all been called to this time to pray, to be the spiritual elect. We have elected ourselves to pray and to pray for the manifestation of the law, of the law of God. So we're in this time as chosen people to be able to move the collective consciousness to a new and greater and powerful place. So how do we do that? Ooh, that sounds great, right? How do we do that? How do we transform grief? And I'm gonna tell you three steps really quickly. It's about grieving, believing, and receiving. So grieve, believe, and receive. The first thing is grieve, as I've already said. We have to allow for that. We, we have to let it run our natural course. We have to fully feel. We have to cry. We have to do what we need to do and just spend that time in the silence and the quiet to allow ourselves to even begin to know what we feel because many of us don't even have that connection with what we're feeling at any given time. We've had that sort of taken out of us, beaten out of us, talked out of us, shamed out of us, guilted out of us. So a lot of that journey is just even understanding what do I feel right now? So grieving and believing is the second one, meaning we have to put our belief in faith. We have to put our belief in each other. We have to put our belief in the spirit within. We have to believe and have faith in our truth principles that we execute all the time that we say that we believe in. So we have to use those principles and use our connection with God and with each other to know that all is going to be well. God is here right now. God is in every manifestation of anything that is occurring on this planet. There is nowhere that God is not. And so we believe. And lastly, we receive. It's about allowing ourselves to be okay with not being okay not saying that you're okay when you know that you're not, calling on each other for support, calling silent unity, calling your prayer chaplain, calling each other, saying what it is that you need from people, just allowing that grace of God to flow through other people and maybe even stepping up and telling your own story as a way for your own healing and the healing of other people as they hear your testimony. So receiving, 
receiving that. And that could also mean starting or going to a bereavement group or talk therapy or whatever spirit is calling you to do, but allow that reception of the spirit that comes through in so many ways. It's about noticing the presence and the presence. So the presence as in the gift and the presence as in the spiritual presence. We have to take the time to just notice that around us. And that's the reception part, noticing the presence and the presence in nature, in the sun, in all the beauty around us that abounds, that reminds us of that reception of hope and strength and peace. So as I close, I wanna just remind us that we have this natural human tendency to want to control. And right now, most of us feel out of control. We don't know what's gonna happen, when, where, what, how we're gonna to return to church, how we're gonna get a vaccine, how this election is gonna happen, all these question marks. And we want to have that control. But ultimately, God is in control. Spirit is in control. We do our part right? We do our part to come through and have that power within us to come through. But ultimately, there are greater things at work here that we cannot even understand. A mysticism, a ma magic a manifestation that we just have to just believe in and do our part. That doesn't mean that we stand back and do nothing, but it also means we have to trust that there's something greater that is coming through each of us and into the world right now. Greece is a spiritual practice. And so we accept Greece, grief in that way because it teaches us to let go and to let God. Ultimately, that's really what it's doing. It's teaching us that we have to be open to receiving the sacred at every point and turn. And it's teaching us about compassion and trust and joy and how we ultimately go through grief and death so that we can learn the treasure and the beauty of life. So we come in this process to know ourselves through grief. We come to know the core of our very being. We come to call on this deeper connection and in spirit with the Christ consciousness. We, we come to that, that process through grief. So it is a beautiful process, it's a gift that is greater than any circumstance that we are gonna face. I'm gonna close with a quote from that booklet that I shared. Um, Spirit, uh, Grief is a Spiritual Practice. It's one of the Unity publications. And one of the articles in there is by Reverend Ogun Holder who lost his wife to cancer. And he says, love got us into this in the first place. We grieve because we love and the more we love, the greater we grieve. But if we let it, grief takes us back to love and love is all there is. So let us love, let us move forward in love. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. And if you'd like to support the ministries of Unity on the North Shore, you can text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, 
to 815-827-6052. Again, text GIVE to 815-827-6052. Or visit us online and click the donate button www.unityns.org. You'll also find there a complete menu of offerings for sort of remote and distance learning through this time of sequestering. God bless you, and again, thanks for joining.